Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is VSIN Prime Time. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here is Tim Murray. Two of VSIN prime time on this football Friday, divisional round Friday. Two games tomorrow, two games on Sunday. That is Jonathan Von Tobel. I am Tim Murray. We're live here at the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello to everyone on the DraftKings network as they join us for this hour as we are brought to you by uh, DraftKings. Real quickly, before we bring in uh, our next guest, Stoney, Michael Stone, up there in Detroit. Uh, Bottom of the hour, we've got a a bet from JVT. Denver at Boston. What do you got for us? Nuggets plus seven, and I just got confirmation. Uh, F is for friends who do stuff together, and Kelly Bidlin is my friend today, both on the Denver Nuggets plus seven against the Celtics. Just a number play. I think it's a little wild that the uh, the market is... um, We'll call it this Randy for the Boston Celtics here at home against the defending champs. So give me all seven of them points against the Boston Celtics. All right. And we are in the midst of it. Holding on Georgetown up seven on Xavier five of seven from three, probably not sustainable. So we will see. You catch a 12 and a half. Catch a 12 and a half. So we're going to hold on here. Uh, We got other NFL plays, but let's head up to Detroit. He has been on the show before. And uh, his co-host in the mornings, John Jansen, may still be floating somewhere after his alma mater won their first national title since 1997 and then followed it up by the Detroit Lions, his hometown team, winning their first playoff game in over 30 years. It is Mike Stoney Stone. Uh, Stoney, always appreciate it, man, for you jumping on. Before we get into X's and O's in this game, these past two weeks, you are from Detroit. You've been there for a long, long time. Has there been a better two weeks in the city of Detroit? Um, not really. The only thing that comes close was in 2008 uh, when the Stanley Cup final game one was being played at Joe Louis Arena and the Pistons coming off beating Boston were hosting game three of the Eastern Conference Finals at the Palace on the same night. So you had those things going on at the same time. But other than that, no, it's been... And because football is king, it's, it's been incredible. Uh, yes, John is still on a natural high. He was actually in the stands at Ford Field on, on Sunday, so he's just loving his life right now, <laughs> as, 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 he, as he should. And uh, i got to tell you, it's only 11 degrees here. So, you know, as that uh, reporter in Tampa uh, asked Todd Bowles, they have to worry about the elements. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a cold walk. I'm just going to say, yeah, kinda... you know, you got to make sure you get your jacket on, you know, from the door open to yeah. the, the locker room. It's going to be chilly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I would mean, go down. Know, it, yeah. You know, it's so funny. And, you know, obviously uh, the woman was made fun of nationally. But, and I have no idea because I haven't done research, but having worked in TV news for a long time and at WRC in Washington and then the DIG in Detroit. Out. NBC. Yeah. That's right. Hey, we're having our 40th annual uh, Sports Machine reunion this uh, June. Anyway, um, 
when when sports takes over a city, they, a lot of times they send you know news reporters to do sidebar stories. I'm convinced that this is just a news reporter who just had nothing. She had, she knew no knowledge of anything. You know, so I kind of give the person somewhat yeah. of a pass for that. But it was one of the all-time great moments. As John as John Jansen said, whoever said there's no such thing as a stupid question is wrong. Uh, yeah. All right. So, Mike, let me ask you this um, from an emotional standpoint, like you mentioned, like what this means and how important this week it has been and how great it's been. Is there any worry about an emotional letdown here? I likened it. We were talking about this earlier to the Timberwolves a few years ago, right? They get into the play and there's the emotional celebration. They're finally there. And then they lose uh, in a series against the Memphis Grizzlies the next time out. Like, is there any worry of an emotional letdown here for Detroit after finally getting the monkey off the back win in the playoff game? Uh, only people who suffer from uh, you know, PTSD of Lions history. Uh, <laughs> other than that, no, I think people realize that this mantra for this team for the last couple of years is, yeah, you know, we're resilient. We'll come back. It's one game at a time, and they're ready to go. I, you know, look, taking nothing away from Tampa, the Lions are favored and deservedly so. Look, can, can there be an upset? Absolutely. Uh, but I don't think the players – are looking ahead at all. The fans, yeah, maybe. Because let's face it, as you know, and, I, and Tim, I've told you, the greatest underappreciated stat in the world is now gone where a team actually won one playoff game since 1957. Now we're up to two. <laughs> the first time they've actually hosted two playoff games ever, ever in the history of the franchise. And, you know, we're, we're seeing different things that people who are, you know, 40 and under have never even seen before. It's incredible. Stoney joining us here. You can catch his show. 97-1 the ticket. Uh, Jansen and Stoney weekday mornings uh, with Heather as well. Um, all right, let's uh, let's kind of get to the X's as uh, X's and O's. Easy for me to say. Um, you look at Baker Mayfield and the way that he's been playing. Uh, he has thrived in this underdog role. I believe he's eight and one ATS this year as an underdog. So defensively, what do you expect from the Lions to slow down Tampa, who who really thrived? They hit the tight end a bunch uh, the other day in Kate Otten. So w- what do you expect from this Lions defense on Saturday or Sunday afternoon? Well, I do believe, and it fits Tampa's mantra, because they don't run the ball well against anybody. And the Lions do it really the one part of their defense that is very good is stopping the run. So I don't think that will be a problem. You brought up, you know, the X factor is Kate Otten. I actually thought Igby was going to be an X factor uh, last week. But Otten drops balls, too. That's been the biggest problem. I mean, when they played earlier this season, Mike Evans, you know, the Lions won 20-6. to six, But Evans dropped a couple of, of balls. If they don't drop balls because the Lions secondary is weak, uh, then there's going to be a game going on. Uh, but that's where I think the Lions have to do. they got to make sure they tackle, which they've done a pretty good job of. Uh, but they have to cover a little bit better than, you know, they have the last few weeks. And granted. Uh, the last four weeks, they've gone up against Jefferson twice, CeeDee Lamb in between, and Nakua last week. So they've gone after, they've had to defend four terrific receivers, actually three, you know, Jefferson twice. But, you know, Mike Evans is really good as well. Not the, you know, poo-poo on, on Godwin. It's not the same, I don't think, as Jefferson and Lamb. So they sh- all they have to be is be respectable in that area, and I think they'll be okay. What about these uh, big defensive tackles that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have? I feel like this could be something that uh, the Bucs really ride to at least stymieing this run game. They're going to try, and they're very good at it. And Vita uh, Vea, as you know, is, is a load. Kansi's played, starting to play really well as a rookie. But the Lions, their whole mantra has been their offensive line. And it's been a top three to five offensive line. Some might even argue it's better than that. And they haven't been healthy as a unit a lot. I mean, the last time they played in Tampa, which is the 26-line victory, as I mentioned, they didn't run the ball well at all. Well, Samir Gibbs didn't play in the game. Montgomery got hurt early, and Jonah Jackson didn't play. So the Lions believe, and I kind of do, and they'll still say, look, they're not going to run for 150, 170 yards against them. But they should be able to at least, especially with Montgomery, pound the ball a little bit. I just don't want to see them just run, you know, up the middle. You know, use when Gibbs is in there, 
use his speed. I'd actually like to see both him and Montgomery in at the same time uh, as a wrinkle that we haven't really seen this year. At Stoney 1697 won the ticket there in Detroit. The morning show, Stoney, our good friend John Jansen, uh, as well as Heather uh, on that program. All right, Aiden Hutchinson has been ridiculous these last three games. Eight sacks. Uh, yeah. it, it's insane. Seven sacks. I shouldn't give him that extra sack. Seven sacks. Uh, what is what has gotten into the former Michigan Wolverine? He is. Uh, it seems like he is on the verge of becoming one of these elite edge rushers. Yeah, and especially if he had a little help. Uh, from the other side, it'd even be better. He's had a good year anyway without the sack totals. He's had a lot of pressures. He's been close on a lot of occasions. He hasn't been able to follow through up until, like you said, uh, the last few weeks. Now, a lot of the fans counting on James Houston coming back. You might remember him. He was, a, you know, I think, a six-round pick out of uh, Dion and Jackson State two years ago. Came out of nowhere. I don't think he played like the first nine games of the season last year, and he ended up with like I don't know, off the top of my head, like seven sacks last year as a rookie. He got hurt in the second game of the season. So he and he's back. He's at. He's on the uh, active roster. No word whether he's going to be uh, suit up or not. But if he can contribute and play a little bit, that would make life so much easier for the Lions. All right, I feel like I know what the answer to this question is, <laughs> but I'll ask it anyway. What happens this weekend? I look. I'm I'm always the uh, the pessimist of oh, the Lions will win, but the other team will cover, which is what I had last week. I think the Lions win by you know anywhere between seven and ten points. I just think you know they can Baker can say all he wants, and he's done a terrific job. I'm not taking anything away from Tampa because I'm originally from Philly, and they made the Eagles uh, look like a piece of crap, which they might have been going in anyway. But uh, <laughs> Mayfield said you know this week that his friends on the Rams tried to warn him about the crowd. And I'm telling you, I was there on Sunday. I, I've been in some loud environments. That's one of the loudest I've ever been. And the place is even going to be more electric, especially this will be bad news for Tampa unless the Lions get a little, you know, drunk ahead of themselves. If for some reason, I don't expect it, that Green Bay can pull off the upset tomorrow against San Francisco, you're at home. The Detroit Lions, 60 minutes from playing a home game to get to the Super Bowl? Oh, my God. <laughs> These are things that people never thought they, they would ever see. Now, I think they win Sunday against Tampa, and if San Francisco wins, I think they lose in San Francisco. But, you know, that's why they play the games. Well, hopefully we can get you out here. Uh, Derek was talking about it all day yesterday, what it would look like if Detroit made the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. Stoney, oh, always appreciate it. It would be crazy. Oh, my gosh. Hey, I, thanks. I can't imagine. Wait, I, have a, I, have a, I have a gambling question for you guys. The University of Detroit is winless. I don't know what they are against the spread, but... <laughs> we'll, get, we'll ask Stoney that question on the other side. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zikazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Eh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ooh, I got a good deal for you. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love. At first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks Guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you'll get free air-chilled, four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, and four free, rich, juicy, boneless pork chops. With your order, minimum purchase may apply. Once again, that website, omahasteaks.com slash V-S-I-N. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst who is on the Denver Nuggets tonight, plus the seven. I am Tim Murray as we are hopefully Will and Georgetown to a cover tonight. They lead 39 to 33 against Xavier, 414 to go in that one. Um... Hopefully we can bring that one home tonight and uh, the Hoyas can uh, start the day off with a with a positive start to the evening. Let's uh, let's run through a couple unique markets at DraftKings. Take it a look at the divisional round this week, JVT. I think I know your answer, but maybe based off of the odds, you'll go in a different direction. So as we look at the board, the two highest game, the two highest totals, Green Bay, San Francisco sits at 50 and a half, Tampa, Detroit, sits at 49 and a half. Then it's Kansas City, Buffalo, 45 and a half. And Houston, Baltimore is the lowest total, sitting at 43 and a half. So with those odds in hand, the lowest scoring team favorite is the Texans at plus 175. The highest scoring team is the Niners at plus 190, JVT. So let's run through the highest scoring teams. Niners plus 190. Ravens plus 330. Lions plus 350, Bills plus 650. Then we get a little longer. Chiefs 11 to 1, Bucks 12 to 1, Packers 15 to 1, Texans 20 to 1. Do you believe that the 49ers over their team total, mm-hmm. over their touchdowns is a is a play? So at plus 190, is that a play or something you would be interested in? For them to be the highest scoring team of divisional round. Yeah, I, I, that they are the rightful favorite. I think there is a value in still playing that a plus 190. I think they are playing. Um, actually, I don't think it's arguable, right? I think right now they are playing the statistical worst defense that is still alive in the NFL postseason. That would be the Green, Green Bay, Bay Packers. Packers yeah. And so I think that playing at home and having time to prepare, knowing that they were the first game that was settled and getting ready for San Francisco, or excuse me, for Green Bay, I think the 49ers, uh, there is value in that and, and thinking that they are going to be the highest scoring team. But I will say this. Looking at the weather and kind of looking around. A little windy, huh? Uh, Well, no, not that one, actually. Um, The weather doesn't look as bad. I think I I read again, like, oh, bad weather for Bills and Chiefs. Yeah, it looks cold. But one weather report said winds of about 10, 12 miles an hour. It's not anything crazy, right? Okay, it's about 20, 15 degrees, but it's cold. The Bills at plus 650 or the Chiefs, if you like the Chiefs to win, whatever you think in terms of going to be the winner of that game. I think there's value in those in that 
I think the total's a little low in that game. I think, again, we're doing this thing where it's like cold weather, might be low scoring. And in reality, as we saw the Chiefs at least hold up their end of the bargain, they had over 400 total yards against the Miami Dolphins in those frigid temperatures. This is warmer. We saw the Bills drop over 30 points in pretty cold temperatures against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I, whatever you like in that matchup, I do think there is value in betting on either one of those teams to have the highest score of the round, only because I think that there is value in betting that game over the total. So do you take anything from the game they played earlier this season, 20-17 to 17 final, where that game went well under the total? I, I don't think there's too much, because I also think the Bills are in a place now where they're playing better offensively. Like, I don't think they're going to make the catastrophic mistakes as we have kind of seen and talked about multiple times. We know that Josh Allen is getting more comfortable. We saw that they're going to open it up more in terms of his ability to run the ball, too, as we saw a 52-yard gallop into the end zone from him in, in the, the, uh, the win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that the issues for Kansas City, while they are there, are still somewhat overblown, right? You still have Andy Reid and company, the ability to scheme up an offense, again, against Miami in frigid conditions, being able to rack up over 400 total yards. I think that this is going to be a game which you'll have the ability on both ends to score with a little bit more consistencies than the first time we saw them play each other. Weather in uh, Santa Clara on Saturday night. Raining, looks like a uh, little rain. Temps in the 50s, wind gusts 15 miles an hour. So wind shouldn't really be that big of an issue there for uh, for San Francisco. I don't think weather is going to be that big of a factor. I think it's going to be cold, maybe windy in Baltimore tomorrow. Uh, but I think all in all, you know, last weekend when we had Kevin Roth on the show, there is no doubt, and I haven't watched Hard Knocks this week, but there is no doubt that the Dolphins were massively affected by the cold temperatures on Saturday night. Uh, the weather ultimately in Pittsburgh, Buffalo, because the game got moved, didn't really uh, affect anything. Uh, I know that Baltimore did have some snow, but I think tomorrow just really cold. Yep. So let me ask you this, because we, we talk about weather all the time, and I, I might have I undersold the cold last week. I didn't, I didn't bet the game. I didn't bet Chiefs or Dolphins. In hindsight, clearly should have bet the Chiefs. But I think it had an effect, effect on that Dolphins team. Do you think the Texans heading to Baltimore, where right now it looks like wind gusts at 35 miles an hour, sustained winds around 20, temp feel around 6, uh, you know, 25 degrees wind chill are going to feel around 6. Do you think that affects Houston at all? Come uh, come tomorrow afternoon. I mean, I don't think so. CJ Stroud played at Ohio State, I right? They, you know, and they, I, I don't think it was the case. And I like when I watched Miami too in that game against um, Kansas City. It, I, I think there was some factor, obviously, that the cold bothered them. I also thought it was just poor play calling and poor play overall by Miami that really kind of shot them in the foot. They were very poor in multiple aspects in that game. But at the very least. You've got a guy that is in the most important position that is going to touch the ball the most that has played in not frigid conditions. It gets pretty blustery and cold, right, when playing in the Big Ten. You've been in some environments. Was he the starting quarterback in that ridiculous Northwestern game? Uh, right? It was like the windy Northwestern game where Ohio yeah, State went out so. there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like a 21-7 yeah, yeah. game or whatever it was. You know, so he's played in some weird conditions before, too. So I think at the very least, you've got a quarterback, the most important position, that has played in some inclement conditions in recent years. So to flip it, so the Texans are the favorite to be the lowest scoring team at DraftKings. Understandably so. It's the lowest total of the weekend. They're a nine and a half point underdog. They've got the lowest team total. So all that makes sense. At plus 175, you mentioned the Niners, and I would agree with you. I think if I played anything for highest scoring team, it would be the Niners. Would you look at the Texans, or would you get a little more creative, whether it be the Packers at 3-1? to one? Both you and I like the Bucks, so I don't know if plus 450 for the Bucks would probably be the right. way to go. Um, would you look at the Lions, a team that we think the Bucks might be a little bit live at 16-1? to one? Is there an angle you'd like to attack based off of the lowest scoring odds? Yeah, if you're getting exotic, I think the one that you're probably circling is, like the long shot, is the Detroit Lions, right? Only in that, like, if the if the – if the path plays out where Tampa Bay wins, I think the way that Tampa Bay wins is stymieing this offense, right? Your two big defensive tackles are limiting the run game and limiting the explosiveness of said run game. Uh, Jared Goff, who, when he's at his lowest, is a guy who is putting the ball in danger, committing turnover worthy plays, not allowing your offense to have sustained drives. Again, this is if you're going like the, with the long shot here and looking past what this is. And I think that's probably one of the 
of the double-digit long shots that you're taking, I think it actually is Detroit, only because I do think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are live, and the way that they are live is through their defense containing this offense. But I also think if you're looking at this as, as well, and you're talking about the lowest-scoring team, I do think there is a reality in where the Packers at 3-1 to one are the lowest-scoring team. There, there's a reality in which this offensive line gets after Jordan Love and stymies this offense, you know, puts him on the ground, stops this running game, and then you get a point where the 49ers are just getting out there on the field and, and really working this defense, but it's just a bunch of empty and unsustained drives. And as Jordan Love has been very good, we have seen at times in his career, going back to college and when he's been at his worst this season – it's been committing those turnover-worthy plays and not allowing your team to have success and sustained drives as well. So I think if we're actually talking about legitimate and high probability plays, it's the, it's the Packers. But I think you're really looking potentially, if you want to take a shot, at the Lions having more of a probability than not of being a low-scoring team. Do you think uh, the Buccaneers were the worst rush offense in the league this year? They were averaged uh, like 3.4 yards per carry. They were bad. Yep. Uh, they were able to get some sustained rushing uh against the eagles man was that terrible tackling um do you expect it to be more of a baker through the air type of performance come saturday afternoon knowing that you know this offense in the regular season 3.4 yards per carry uh 1500 rushing yards which was dead last in the NFL. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they, the Lions, as we said last week, right, they're a very good statistical rush defense. Yep. Uh, you saw against Los Angeles Rams, they held them to 68 yards and 17 carries. 15 of those yards came on one carry from Kyron Williams, and outside of that, completely stymied them. So I would think that you're probably going through Baker Mayfield. And that's why you've seen Rashad White's uh, prop drop a little yep. bit this week. I think it was as high as 56 good. and a half. That's down to 54 and a half. I heard a couple sharp guys mention that his rush attempts were something to look at the under which i think is taking some money new that's down to 15 and a half rush attempts that is jonathan von tobel i am tim murray we continue to break down divisional round weekend jared smith will join us on the other side it is v sin primetime this is v sin primetime with tim murray on v sin the sports betting network Keep it rolling. Nice job, Tim. I got, uh, you, I got you too fired up. Yeah, we were talking about Radio Row Week, and uh, we were fired up, ready for the Super Bowl. But we got to get there first. Divisional round weekend, and uh, we got some bets to keep an eye on. JVT, final thought as we get an NBA game about to uh, get underway. Your play, sir. Oh, yeah. Nuggets, Celtics. Guys. We don't need like two. We don't need two uh, two timers down here. Let's get this primetime game down here, okay? I want to look up. My neck hurts. I slept on it wrong. Nuggets plus seven. I can't wait to get my teeth kicked in. Going against the beast. <laughs> Twenty and zero straight up. Twelve six and two against the spread at home. That's what the Boston Celtics are. But sorry, it's a play on principle. This number's too high. The defending champs are fully intact, healthy, and have the rest advantage. Give it to me, Denver. Let's go. All right, uh, my bet currently in progress. Hoyas up 43-38 at the half. We're catching 12 and a half. Oh, you guys are so nice. They actually put it down here. Thank Live you. line, Xavier minus four and a half. So their second half line looks like they're minus nine and a half. Second half. All right, enough. NBA and college hoop action. We got four games to break down. And Jared Smith joins us right now at Jared Lee Smith on Twitter. Make sure you follow him. He'll point you in the right directions. He's, he's all over the place. He's got a lot of different ventures. Hangs out with Brad Evans from time to time. He does some other stuff. So make sure you check that out. All right, let's, uh, let's just go in order here. And if there's a bet and how you break these games down. So we'll start with Houston Baltimore. Nine and a half across the market. There was a nine earlier today. That got scooped up. It looks like we were trending towards 10. But as we sit right here, 43 and a half, nine and a half is the spread for Baltimore, Jared. How do you look at this one, and, and how are you, if any, looking to attack this game? Yeah, I, I actually did. I drove over to South Point a little earlier today. I did grab the nine. I'm not the one that moved it um, to nine and a half, but I, I did lay nine with Baltimore earlier today. I had a feeling at, uh, at some point someone was going to uh, scoop that one up because they were the only shop uh, seemingly across the entire market that uh, wasn't at nine and a half on this game. We'll see where it goes from here. I'm seeing... Uh, a little bit of exposure, I guess, towards the Ravens as, as we kind of creep towards double digits. I, I do think this will get to double digits. 
And I think the Texans are one of those hot to trot teams. I mean, I mean, watch CJ Stroud's performance last week. I was on the Browns last week, man. Uh, he just shoved it up my, you know what, um, for the full 60. They looked very composed against a very good Browns defense. I think it was to their advantage that they faced Cleveland twice in three weeks. And Jim Schwartz, the DC for Cleveland's a little more of a stubborn, uh, uh, you know, schemer. Whereas Bobby Slowick's a little more of an adapter and a, and a counter counter you know punch counter punch guy, so I I think it makes sense that after Cleveland had a really good run of it in the first game, kind of Houston turned the tables in in this game. I just don't know if it's going to be this easy for C.J. Stroud uh, this time around. Um, the red zone defense for Baltimore is exceptional. That's why uh, the Ravens were able to cover that first game back in Week One. Obviously, a lot has changed since then, and I think Baltimore's kind of learned from their mistakes a little bit. I'm hearing in practice over the last two weeks, they didn't treat the bye like a vacation. They went after it hard in practice, and I think that will benefit them um, in this game. Defensively, obviously, C.J. Stroud is kind of the great equalizer now. I mean, if he can continue to play at that high level, um, he can absolutely keep the Texans in this game, but I, I don't think uh, he's going to have that much success in this spot. I think the Texans are going to struggle to run the ball, and uh, that'll make C.J. Stroud kind of on an island a little bit. So uh, give me the Ravens, minus 9.5 for uh, the Saturday afternoon game. All right, what about the uh, Saturday evening game where the uh, NFL Network personalities all in unison here, uh, surprisingly enough, of the 10 NFL Network hosts and analysts who were polled for this game, Jared, <laughs> nine of the 10 selected the Green Bay Packers outright that in this wild. game, that is why Adam Rank, yeah, outright, outright, uh, in this game, they don't pick ATS over there. Uh, are the uh, are the powers that be oh. at the NFL Network going to be right here, and are they going to walk away victorious? I mean, I think that would be one of the. I mean, has there been a ten point upset in the division around race? I mean, probably. Um, maybe it was the Ravens when they lost to the Titans a few years ago. I, I know the last time these two teams played in the divisional round, right? Wasn't it? Um, a bit of a tighter line. The Packers were the one seed. Yep. Um, it was like a right. It was like a seven point spread, I think, in that game. The pa uh, Niners went into Green Bay. Thirteen ten. Let's say with the final in that one. Is that right? Yeah, it was so really low scoring. Like, and there was like no offensive scores. I think for the Niners. I think the one of their. I don't know if they scored on the block punt, but they like scored right after it. If they didn't, it, it was a weird game. Um, but these two coaching staffs, like, like any time you get. And, we'll, you know, the Chiefs-Bills game's the same way. They're playing seven times in four years. Same thing with these two teams. They haven't played that many times. But these coaching staffs, I mean, you know, Shanahan and LaFleur were like, you know, uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the whole, you know, Washington, Atlanta, like, you name it. Like, they were kind of attached at the hip for a, a good part of their career. So I, I don't think there's a whole lot separating the, the brain power of these two coaching staffs. I, I think the key for me is there, there's really two keys. Can Jordan Love continue to play at the level that looks like a top five kind of MVP level based on a lot of the metrics? Um, and can the Packers defense stop the run? If, if they can, if the Packers defense can, can kind of keep the explosive plays, and I'm not just talking about traditional runs with Christian McCaffrey. The, the Niners, you know, anytime they get to Debo on a screen, like that's the extension of the running game, and it's all outside stuff. And, and, and I think... Green Bay can hold up there, you know, that initial onslaught and keep this game in a neutral script. Keep Aaron Jones in it. Keep Jordan Love upright. Don't make the key mistake. Like, I, I do think the Packers can keep this within the number, but I don't know if Joe Barry can continue to pitch basically shutouts. I mean, you know, based on what we've seen earlier in the year, the recent form of this Packers defense, much better than expected. You know, they, they usually blitz a lot. They didn't blitz Dak a whole lot last week. Purdy's really good against the blitz. What's the Barry scheme? Can they keep this within shouting distance? Because late, Jordan Love's got the hot hand right now. When you got a hot quarterback, just like a hot goaltender uh, in the playoffs, anything can happen. By the way, I, a quick Google search. Who knows? The internet never lies. Um, biggest divisional round upset, 1997. The Jacksonville Jaguars were 12 and a half point favorites. They won 30 to. So this would be right up in there in that category. I mean, can we you show, know, not a can whole we lot show that graphic one more time? I'm just. I, I want to give a piece of advice to the to the. New NFL Network people. Uh, uh, no, that not the uh, the picks. The Adam Rank picks one. Um, here we go. Um, Maurice Jones drew twenty eight to seventeen. So MJD, I know you're watching. Um, at circa Packers seven by seven or more plus seven fifty five. So wow. Uh, let's uh, let's go bring it on home. Daniel Jeremiah thirty one to twenty eight Packers at DraftKings. Packers minus two and a half plus four fourteen. So. Hmm. 
some good money to be had out there for the uh, folks Nine at the NFL ten. Network. All right, let's go to Sunday. To me, well, I guess I can't say this is the most intriguing game, but I think the liveliest dog I actually like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we've seen the hooks disappear today, Jared, down to six. Um, I, I actually disagree with our, our good friend Stoney, who joined us just a little while ago, in that I think there's a lot of pressure on the Lions, and I also think that yeah, maybe there is, as crazy as it sounds, I don't want to say full-on letdown, but, man, they celebrated, and they that was a huge win. How do you see Sunday playing out, and is there a bet that you like for Bucks and Lions? Yeah, I think and unders, if you do think the Lions are going to win this game and you're not willing to lay a big number, and I, I understand why, because you kind of saw whew, the the second half of that game between the Lions uh, and the Rams. Like, I, I don't really know what I was watching. Success rate for Detroit's offense, 21%. So outside of that opening script, it was very good. Um, there really wasn't a whole lot of adjustments that Ben Johnson made. And the Rams just kind of stacked the box and – Goff didn't check out of anything and they kind of ran it into all these heavy boxes and, and the bucks are going to bring the heat. Like they're going to blitz. They are going to put pressure on Jared Goff. They are going to make him make that first mistake. I think that was kind of McVay's game plan last week. Like just kind of, you know, stack the box and, and, and make Goff throw. And eventually he's going to, you know, turn into a pumpkin. Um, I have that concern with Baker too. I think the difference is the bucks defense playing a little bit better right now than the Lions defense. Um, but on the other side, I really don't know what to make of that Bucks performance last week. The Eagles absolutely quit. The Rams did not quit last week. They put up a fighter's effort. Um, and the Lions were able to win that game, made a couple defensive plays late. I, I think at this point, it, it, the sharp side's definitely Tampa, seeing the line come down. Um, but if it gets back down to, like, where it opened at 5-5.5, five, five I, I think that's where I would probably step back in on Detroit. All right, what about the big one? We'll get you out of here in the last minute and 10 seconds. Chiefs, Bills, what do you got? Yeah, I think I got to take the Chiefs, guys. I, I I know, right? It's like the square play, Mahomes catching points, right? What, that's okay. I'll go down with that ship. Um, I think the Bills are really banged up. I think the rest advantage is huge here. Obviously, the Chiefs played Saturday. Buffalo played Monday. But also, the last time these two teams played, Buffalo really struggled to score points against Kansas City's defense, despite coming off the bye week. And Kansas City played that Sunday night game prior at Green Bay. Remember, they lost that game, had to come back home, play Buffalo, and then lost that game too. So I think now with a little bit more extra time to prepare and Buffalo on the short week, I think that really favors the Chiefs, especially with all the injuries defensively. So I think Kansas City, you find a three. I got plus three, minus 115 very early in the process, like during the Bills-Steelers game Monday. I think also Josh Allen's over rushing attempts prop is like a must bet in any big game. Um, and if you want to just, if you can't find three, I would just take the chiefs on the money line. Cause it, to me, it's Kansas city or pass in this spot. Jared, great stuff, man. Always appreciate it. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good luck guys. There he is. Jared Smith at Jared Lee Smith contributor to VEASAN and uh, a lot of other spots. Make sure you check them out there on social media. We got some, uh, some things going on in the coaching sphere. We'll take a look at that. And also injuries and injuries galore. It is VSIN Primetime. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my my game. Game. <laughs> <laughs> This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our vsin.com slash picks page earlier in the program. I gave out Georgetown plus 12 and a half. Hopefully that will come on home. Jonathan Von Tobel oh. gave out UNLV plus seven and a half. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Nuggets plus seven. And then uh, Suns money line, Nets and Lakers under. JVT, you can get in right now. Get a little in-game price. Lay it again or take it again. Oh, it's down to seven. You're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in-game. Christoph Rzing is coming out here, uh, really trying to show who is the, uh, the best white Euro big in the world. Uh, put his onions all in the face of Aaron Gordon on a dunk and then came back and then nailed the three in transition. So it's going well. Um, Visa Prime, Prime Time will give you 10% off an annual subscription when you use the promo code oh, we're Prime. Back it, baby. All right, five, five. Oh, uh, I bet you they go up six, five. Who? Uh, the Nuggets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't, I don't know why I said five, five. It's five, four. All right. I'm, done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm back out. <laughs> Oh, we know I'm in. The Nuggets go up 6-5. Yeah, the Nuggets oh, go yeah, up 6-5. Okay, yeah, I'm back in. I'm yeah, back in. All right, I'm telling you. I, I got the cheat code ahead of me. Go. It is funny to watch these games and you have the DraftKings website up. You're like, oh. Well, we have talked about this before. I've sat in here, you know, when I'm in with you and I have my laptop and there's certain games like we don't have enough screens. I'll put it on. And one of the big things, everybody was like, oh, my God, the delay. I can't lie bed anymore. Well, we sat. I sat here. Like, our feeds in our, our, our studio, for those who don't know, uh, are directly connected yeah. to what's out there on the yeah. book. And I've had my YouTube TV up that's been ahead of these that we're getting. So nothing is real anymore. Um, so, so on Tuesday, so I want to get into some coaching odds. We've got some odds there, some new news uh, here in just a little bit. But on Tuesday, JVT, you were catching some heat from, uh, from the Alabama faithful <laughs> out there. You don't want to start this conversation. I do. I do. Because JVT... Drop it like flies. Just said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, and you could say better, but basically what you said was, you know, maybe Nick Saban kind of covered up some of uh, the warts down there in Tuscaloosa. Well, this week has been less than ideal for Alabama. Caleb Downs, uh, highly, highly, highly touted uh, player. Started every game for Alabama, hit the portal, probably headed to Georgia. Uh, they just lost their five-star quarterback recruit, Julian Sayan, who's probably going to go to Ohio State. So uh, what say you on just, the uh, on like, Alabama ah, right now? My joke. I was like, just saying. Um, no, look, I don't think Alabama is going to become some destitute football program that is never going to win six games. You know, people misconstrue. Um, I guess it's not even criticism, just I think realism uh, for like negativity. And I, I, I just put it this way, and this is what we talked about. I'm sorry to say this, but Tuscaloosa is not the most attractive destination in the year of our Lord, 2024, where you can get your NIL money at different Power 5 programs, where you can get the exposure. And when you're not playing for Nick Saban anymore, and Kalen DeBoer can potentially be a very good coach. We've seen how good he can be. My only point was that 
the years of penciling in Alabama or penning in Alabama, sharpieing in Alabama as a top four team in terms of betting odds to win a national championship, I think that those will come few and far between and few and farther between than they have under Nick Saban. And that in this year where you can go other places into more attractive destinations closer to home, right? Like that's the difference. And so that's all I'm saying is I think that Alabama is still going to be competing for national championships. Just the odd nine and three season, Tim, I think is going to become a little bit more consistently. Like it's going to happen more consistently than we have seen in years past with Alabama. It's still a good program. Everything's fine. But the reports that the NIL deals are not as strong seem to be somewhat true. And the other thing is when there's an absence of power, something rises to try to take its place. We see it all the time. And now all of a sudden, with Nick Saban not there to tell some of the more powerful boosters that be, for lack of a better term, shut up. I'm Nick Saban. We'll take care of this. Now there's going to be people with their pocketbooks trying to do whatever they want to try to influence the program. Like those don't just lead to smooth sailing. So again, I don't think they're going to be like some seven win team regularly, but do I think that you shouldn't just be like, we're a brand, we're Alabama and turn your nose up at it. We're going to be fine. I think this, this little stretch of losing all of these players tells you somewhat differently and just be prepared for the reality that sometimes nine and three and eight and four is going to happen. Now. I think both things can be true. I think, You could say Alabama made a good hire in getting Kalen DeBoer, who brought in Ryan Grubb, who, by the way, Nick Saban wanted to hire last year before Grubb turned him down and he ultimately went with Tommy Reese. I think bringing in Kane Womack, the then South Alabama head coach, to be the defensive coordinator was a good hire. I think a lot of these things can be true, but also to what JVT said is, look, Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. They were number one in the polls 15 consecutive years at some point they won six national championships so is there going to be a drop-off yes will alabama become the dregs of the sec no right and you never said that right you just said it's not going to be hunky-dory every single year we're 12 and 0 going to the playoff yep and I'll, i'll use one player as an example a microcosm if you will of like the bigger example for me bryce young was from Santa Ana, California, right? Yeah. Went to modern day. He, yes, he was born in Pennsylvania, but he moved out there in his adolescence, right? You, he's not, I think, if Nick Saban's not there, I don't think he's going from California to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to play college football. Is Tua from Hawaii? <laughs> right. You know? Correct. So, like, that's all I'm saying is, like, that's, that's kind of a difference now because the attraction was I get to play for Nick Saban. Again, the stat, if you played four years under Nick Saban at any point in his tenure there, you won a national championship. Like, that's how it worked. And that's, that's all. Like, that's just the difference. And college football's changing, man. Like, on some of these teams, we saw, what's his face? The, the, the quarterback go to Boise State. You know what I mean? Like this is what this is what's changing now. So that's all, man. Like you know, Tuscaloosa is probably a, a nice place to be. I've never been there. I won't judge the city or town as a whole. I just think that you know, if I'm a five-star quarterback from California and Nick Saban's not coaching in Tuscaloosa, it's probably a smaller chance that I'm going to Tuscaloosa. Uh, Malachi Nelson, uh, Malachi the Nelson, USC recruit who went to uh, Boise State. No, I think it's accurate, and it's going to be interesting to see. I'll just say this: it does feel like. Alabama is calling on everybody. Let's get our pennies together, and then we'll go portal hunting in the spring because their roster, it's good. Not great. Is it great? Eh, Not great. All right. Uh, Speaking of the college ranks, Jim Harbaugh, still technically the head coach of Michigan, even though we're kind of under the assumption he will not be the head coach of Michigan. How does this Atlanta Falcons thing play out? Because I keep – they just had Jim Harbaugh in for his second interview – So it certainly feels like the Falcons, you know, you asked the question, I think it was a fair one. When Bill Belichick walks into Arthur Blank's office, who's interviewing who, right? right? And the same can almost be said with Jim Harbaugh, but yet both of these guys have conducted two interviews now with the Falcons. When are we going to start to see the dominoes here? When are we going to start to see this fall? We had the odds. We just showed them. Jim Harbaugh, 7-1 to go to the Falcons, minus 250 to go to the Chargers. We showed it for Belichick, minus $3. I don't know if those have shifted at all today. But when are we going to start to see these dominoes? And is it as cut and dry as we think? Belichick to Atlanta, Harbaugh to the the, the uh, Chargers, or are we going to get a curveball here? No, I think you are. And I think in, in the, the case of Jim Harbaugh, I think what might be happening is you're just trying to leverage your position here a little bit because you would assume that Harbaugh wants uh, a little bit more in terms of control or something like that, right? 
And so you go, all right, well, the Chargers really want me, but I'm a hot commodity. Why not go interview with Atlanta? And why not go do a second interview? Because in my mind, I, and I'm assuming here, probably I want to go to LA. I want to coach the Chargers. I got a quarterback that's going to be really good, but I want a little bit more out of them, whatever that more is. And so I'll give them the da- the thought that, ooh, there's a danger he might go to Atlanta, which is an equally attractive job. Whatever this sticking point is, whatever this thing that he wants is, let's give it to him because we're the Chargers. We're desperate. We've been disappointing for so long. We have a quarterback we don't want to screw over because he's got a really high ceiling. And if we give him Jim Harbaugh, he can maybe get us to the promised land. And thus, you use that as leverage to get whatever you want out of the Chargers. Uh, the Falcons just tweeted out eight minutes ago. They have completed their second interview with Bill Belichick. The Chargers tweeted out a couple hours ago that they have finished their interview with Dan Quinn. So I'm glad these teams are uh, interview keep, is, uh, keeping us updated. Hey, Bill, you still want the job? Yeah. All right, we'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so if Bill Belichick, and I know a lot has to happen, the draft, all that. If Bill Belichick goes to New England, or excuse me, to Atlanta. Ooh, that'd be an yeah, that'd be weird. Romeo, get out. Get out. After that press conference. Um, would you look to back the Falcons, or do you think we're going to have to pay a massive tax on the Falcons next you're, year? You're probably going to have to pay a tax in that, like, they, they should be the division favorite, right? And even depending on, we don't know how free agency goes. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. But let's just say you go get Justin Fields, you have a good offensive coordinator. Let's say it's Josh McDaniels, and it's Belichick at the helm. I, I think you're probably talking division favorite in a short price to the Super Bowl, that, by comparison. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Two hours in the books. Thanks to all those who have been watching on DraftKings Network. We keep it rolling, though, here on VEASAN Prime Time. We head behind the counter. Who will the books need come this weekend? We'll find out next. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.